This episode is brought to you by Lotus Entheogenic Church, now open in North Oakland by appointment, a safe community space that offers a ceremony, educational workshops, guest speakers, and the cleanest plant medicine in California. There is no membership fee to join, and it offers secure on-site parking. Come heal with us. Join at lotuschurch.com or 510-882-1424. Known for their award-winning infused rolling papers and glass tip joints since 2014, Lift Tickets has dedicated its efforts to becoming a brand that you can truly rely on for fresh, quality products in the recreational market. Consisting strictly of small-batch, modern indoor strains, Lift Tickets delivers fresh terps, white ash, and perfectly crafted products every time. Find them at dispensaries throughout California and at liftticketscannabis.com. All right, welcome back to Smoking Bridges. We're gonna kick the conversation off with Vicky Shea, uh, Emerald Cup competition director. How long now? How long? Eight years. Eight years as the queen of the contest, number three behind the Bla- the Blakes. Uh, always, you know, always see her out there, spinning the cogs, helping the gang make it happen every year. We love to see it, uh, and we got her. We got her to come down from the city. They're in the midst. Um, intake has already begun. Uh, you got, you know, it's technically the competition cycle has begun this year. Correct. We were able to take a couple hours uh, away from it for us. We appreciate you. Came down from the hill uh, and we're, we're thrilled to see you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you don't, you know, you've been doing it for eight years, but you don't chat about it too much. You know, you, you, uh, you know so you don't get to hear your take on the competition itself a lot. So one of the things I would love to, you know, and you, you know, are that, like I said, that that third set of eyes for so many years now. Um, one of the uh, things I'd love to hear first off is because, of course, you've seen the transition of the cup from pre-pandemic, from, uh, you know, that that smaller window in the fall where it was definitely a little bit more rushed. Like, you know, here, hey, Jimmy, here's a 76 uh, BHOs. Go get them killer. We need those by Tuesday. Yeah, like, yeah. A week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, smoke all this hash in a week, please, okay? Um, so it was really uh, fun for me on that cause, uh, to see, like, the way it's transitioned, been, it seems like it's a lot easier to judge now. For first off, for just from my outsider looking in thing. But I'd love to just hear your take on how the contest has transitioned, like, over the last, over the years, you know? Gosh, you. Well, uh, thank you for saying that it's become easier because yeah, that's yeah. definitely been the goal. Because you get to appreciate each thing more. You don't have to like think you're not thinking about, oh, this is do, this is do, this. But, uh, like you say, you're able to really like stretch it out, appreciate it. Because yeah, I know, I can't even imagine what it was like to be an edible judge back in the day. Like that must have been like a tough few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally give them their judges kits and be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk to me in two weeks. <laughs> 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 um, but it has changed quite a bit. And, and as you said, we, we did used to have the very hard deadline of our December event and everything had to be completed by then. Um, and then after after COVID, we're well, like, I don't people realize like with the wind, the old competition window, there was weed that wasn't like done curing totally. when it Still got entered. Dead. And people were kind of like, man, I hope it's nice by the time the judges get it in a mm-hmm. week or two. You know what I'm saying? So that was like a thing. Totally. Totally. And th- there was always a lot of feedback with like, you're not giving us enough time. How can we do this? And we're like, mid-December, that's our goal. <clears throat> um, but 
obviously after uh, COVID with not being able to do an in-person that year, it gave us the luxury of being able to restructure how we did the competition and push it a little bit into the new year, a little further back in the calendar to give Flower enough time to cure, everybody enough time to negotiate through metric to get us their entries and to also give our judges um, a lot more time to really, really consider everything that they receive in their kits. Yeah, and that's a whole nother thing people forget, just like the transition you guys had to go from 17 to 18, just like uh, when everything went legal and now it's all metric mm-hmm. and all that. Just uh, like now, I you know, now I see it from the receiving side just on how, you know, how much everyone has to go through just to make it happen. Uh, I mean, obviously outside the personal use, that's a little easier. But like with the metric stuff, like there's a lot, there's a lot of hoops and hurdles yet. You get, still got so many people willing to jump through through those mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of the contest because it's like so well respected. And that must, you know. It must feel cool that like that all you know just because it got harder to take part in certain ways it didn't like scare people off it still means a lot to win it and, t- and people are going to do what it takes to take part you know totally and that's just such uh it gives us such a warm feeling to know that people are still motivated to like like you said jump through all the hoops to get us their entries and you're just having to make sure that everybody is is operating within the the boundaries of compliance and still be able to pull off the greatest event that we possibly can Amen. Amen. What uh, is some of your favorite cup memories? Oh, goodness. Um, there's just been so many. Um, I really love to look back to the show that we did in L.A., which was really kind of impromptu. We pulled together the award show at the Montalban within five and a half weeks, I think. And it was really great to see all the people from NorCal that made the journey down there and who awesome. really enjoyed it and being able to be on a different stage down in SoCal and, and get that additional exposure and have um, a little bit more participation from them as well. Yeah, I loved it. I was sitting on the that downstairs staircase smoking with everyone when everyone started walking in. And so Fig walks in and goes, hi, Jimmy, walk up the stairs. And then this dude that hates me walks in right after them. and like, hey, they're going to win. And... <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know that at the time. I just knew the fact that they were there. It was a good shot, like cause just because of the format. So it was so. Oh man, that W was so great. But I didn't even see it because when they kicked everybody off the roof, I just uh, hid behind their booth pretending I worked. So, so I could just stay up there and keep smoking. <laughs> I think your your psychic powers and your spidey senses are pretty on point. Oh man, it's been fun though. I appreciate. Uh, now I'm in like. Uh, year because i wrote about it in like 2017 was i think was the first year i like went to like cover it and then Mm -hmm. like been judging since 18 so yeah i super appreciate you guys it's been Mm -hmm. so fun no we love having you and it's been fun to see like the you know i saw the transition too just like how much easier it is to judge now um how much you know what's it been like watching the trends of the cup you know like obviously it's been z you know the the hash category has been z heavy for a while but once you get past that it's like a lot of it's been a lot of interesting new different flavors and terpene profiles over the years for sure Mm -hmm. yeah we're really happy that we've been able to incorporate you know the terpene profiles and to really make it a much more robust competition and i think that's also been a a real eye-opener for the the producers and and the craft makers to know that while here is a dominance of, you know, things that would fall under the dessert category and that there's really actually room for all the different terpene profiles out there and that it's there's there's an interest those, in those it too. Color dots you guys did this last year, it just changes the visual so much, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz like just looking at just looking at the groups on the table uh, you get so much more information about the pack as mm-hmm. a whole than when you ever did the years prior. Totally. Just looking at the table without before even opening a jar. Totally. And those cool like like being able to pick up on those things and those cool little trends. You know, we only had it was like you know, 
ours was like uh, you know, 90% dessert strains and like a couple OGs and like two, two tropicals and one random thing that I still can't put my finger on. Uh, but it's just like seeing it, like the vision, like just like, it's so cool. That's one of my favorite things last, that was my favorite thing about last year. Just mm -hmm. like the, the, uh, the vision, the simple visualization of like the, the competition as a whole without having to like look at a spreadsheet, you know? Totally. And I think that the color coding really helps to rewire your like brain's ability to process and associate it to the um, experience that your, your nose and your mouth are having. Amen. Amen. Uh, what has been the most uh, challenging part of uh, the transition from, you know, being like a, a home, essentially a medical cannabis home grower contest to like, you know, the state industry staple, you know, like it was obviously the, you know, uh, it was always the industry staple, but it was then it was forced under the same regulations as the industry as a whole to like take itself to a new standard. So what's it like to be like that contest that made it, you know what I mean? And it's same in the same incarnation, because, you know, there's a lot of like branded, you know, events and stuff like that that are still around, but a lot of them don't look like they did 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. You guys probably looked like the closest to like, you know, when you first made the move to Santa Rosa because things started getting too big for the hill, you know? And it's like, so what's it been like facilitating that? Um, well, thank you for saying that because it's definitely been our goal to try to keep the experience as, as close to the original form as it as it was pre-regulation and that sort of thing. Um, I'd say really just from my own perspective, the, the biggest adjustment is each year not having the same brands that have been there for multiple years before and whether it's because they're unable to participate that year because they're still trying to like work things out internally or if it's because that brand just no longer exists which is really kind of tragic man yeah that is really really that's crazy too and you see like winners and stuff like that that are gone like the mm -hmm. next year totally that's the craziest thing to me like oh you took the you took the w but and that's but also shows how like special the material it is that it takes to win the cup in any given category whether flower hash you know whatever vape pens like you know and just and then that makes those people that win the cup year after year the consistency they're able to deliver and the material that they need to produce those cup winners it makes it that much more magical like mm -hmm. that they did it so many times totally. and so it's fun like to see who is like the most capable of catching lightning in a bottle every year, I would say. Totally. And being able, like you said, being able to replicate that while still being able to keep their head above water and be compliant and just stay in the industry and not having to move out of state. Yeah, it's great. And it's, I think, um, flower, especially with like the hundreds and hundreds of entries, mm -hmm. how competitive it is. And just like seeing like a garden, like, you know, molecular winning a couple times, uh, that, that, those are the ones that like blow my mind the hardest. Like, mm -hmm. I think, the hash is like, uh, there's just like this table of hitters and like you kind of guess that like it's a safe bet this, that, that it's going to like the winners probably might come from this table. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then some like rock star shows up. Don't get me wrong. But on the concentrate side, I think you can kind of like put a little group of people together and like mm -hmm. you won't be like, it wouldn't be surprising if the winner came from that. Right. I think flowers a lot harder to like totally. put like five people at a table and say they're going to win, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's crazy when you see a like someone like, you know, even placing in the top 20 every year. I remember DJ Short was like the, uh, in like 20, like 16. He's like, Jimmy, that's an honor. You know, just just being in the top twenty. That's a big deal. I love that. I love knowing that. <laughs> yeah, it is it's just there are so many flower producers that 
the next year I look for their entry to come in and then when it's not there I'm like oh I wonder what the reasoning is behind that and then you know you dig a little bit deeper and they're like oh they're just not they're not in production anymore and it was it was definitely that way Lit House was always a favorite and they placed really well two years ago and last year they didn't participate what year what year did you guys do the lab testing mandate was it like 16 or like 17 I know it's been a while now when SC first got in the mix um, I think it was um, my first year was 2016 and okay. it was already in place. Okay, so it was just before that. Because I remember that was I remember that was like the fun before you know metric before all that. That was the thing that pissed everybody off. Oh, first, it was moving from the hill. <laughs> it was like, what is the Emerald Cup going to be in what in Santa Rosa? Like, and so that was the first thing. And then when it was like, my weed has to be clean. Like, <laughs> like many by, adjustments by these fake standards. By these, these aren't even real standards. Are you telling me my weed has to pass them? Like, it's no, fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can we trust these heavy metals reports? Like, <laughs> <laughs> question. Oh. So it's always it's like every few years there's something like has to happen that kind of like pisses off the crowd. It's totally. To just like, you know, it's fun to be a fly on a wall for that. Yeah. See the rowdy ones get rowdy. <laughs> well, it, it's it's not our choice. <laughs> We're just trying to work within the 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 parameters that we have to work within, you know. But yeah, it's it's each time we have to introduce something new. It's like. Sorry. Any big change? Any big changes this year that you guys had to deal with? Um, no, not this year. It's good. We're we're just the, over the last couple of years we've been able to just be consistent and yeah, it's and not of, really it's have like any part, major it's like, changes. You guys had it like it was like the trains were on the the train was on the tracks for so long. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and then every couple of years it was like you had to redo the track a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it takes a, a couple of years just to like you know dial in this new process totally. use and what like that and then you get hit with another one right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I'm like okay well here's another fun one and then and then really one of the the regrettable things is that we're we're one cycle yearly so things that maybe it came through in the competition as we were going through any one of the cycles to not be able to like make the adjustments around it that are needed until the, the following year is just like it's a little bit of a bummer because I'm like man I wish we had like two opportunities to do this annually and then like tighten it up each time you know yeah yeah I can see that um, what so you know you're in the the intake window now what are mm. do you have would you have any best tips for people getting ready to enter just like for the first time or and you know what to expect like what's it, what's it like to enter the Emerald Cup. Um, I would say, I mean, we try to map the process to be just as closely aligned to how the industry operates as a whole anyway. You know, it, it's still, you're still going through a distro, you're still going to um, a, a, one of our partner distribution sites or retail, you know, receiving sites. And we just don't want to um, put too many obstacles in, in the pathway that, um, of an industry that already has a lot of like hurdles to jump over. Um, so I'd say like, it's just, it's basically, we've done the same process for the past couple of years. Um, we are moving through the same tracks that people tend to move through in transporting their product regardless. And um, we're just trying to solve any like unexpected that come up as they come up and then implement those into our next round of the competition moving forward. How big of a crew do you guys actually have, like, helping you, like, put together the competition kits as all this stuff comes in over the next month? Like, how many people actually handle it? We are a very tiny, very yeah, mighty team. I don't think you realize it. That's why I asked. Like, I would love to, like, kind of get your take on that. Totally. Um, there's 
well, we've had some changes in staff this year, but really there's only like planning, there's myself and Taylor and Tim. And then when it comes to actually implementing, we will bring on maybe three other people, four other people. And it's it's usually a, a pretty solid four or five person team that does everything, every single step, all the anonymization, all of the lab samples, all yeah. of the judge kit packing, all the deliveries, everything. And that pack, so you got 20 flower judges getting like 600 things a piece. <laughs> well, like and three. 300 <laughs> now, yeah, 300 now. And then you got, you know, all the other categories. It's just so, such a wild operation. It really is. And we do it in such a, a short window of time. Like from, from the ending of our intake period, which this year is February the 9th, um, three weeks later is our first judges meeting. So everything has to pass through terpene testing and anonymizing, like I said, color coding, packing everything, getting them into the judges' hands. It's a very tight window. Absolutely. And then, you know, just uh, the trouble troubleshooting, whatever happens by the time the judges get it, you know, it's just things that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, okay. it's you know, it's it just getting the, everything out there is such a process. And I don't think people can appreciate that. Um, it's fascinating. You know, I remember I just go up and you see the bags. And it's just like so ridiculous when you open it up. And it's just, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's really a labor of love on our end, for sure. It's a lot of um, controlled chaos. And just once you hit the ground running, you don't stop running until the award show. Um, but it's just never endingly exciting and being able to get in touch with all of the producers in the state and the new ones that come in each year and it's it's just it's so enjoyable that you don't even really realize that the pressure is as as high as it is is it interesting kind of now how like the like the actual judges themselves like the quality of judges kind of gone like the people applying it's gone through this like arc since the initial cup where the idea of like when the cup started of judging the emo cup like oh my god yeah put myself on the radar what a horrible idea like and now it's at the okay. point where it's like all these like influencers are like i am a cannabis expert guys i'm making myself available for you like, like <laughs> i smoke hella weed <laughs> um yeah, I laugh sometimes when Tim and Taylor tell me stories of like the earlier cup days uh, where they would announce a winner and just crickets from the audience. Nobody was trying to come up there and claim the prize or nobody was trying to acknowledge the fact that they were hands on in any way, like touching it. And then now to we implemented um, the now there's a 60 foot screen and they all want to be on it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we in implemented the judges' application process about um, four years ago, I want to say. And that first year, we had maybe 60 applicants. And then the past couple of years, we've, um, we're have over 400. It's and just get bigger and bigger every year, I just imagine. Just keeps getting bigger, yeah. And you know, we'd love to be able to have 50 people teams because there's just so many highly qualified applicants to come through. But you can only ask people. For, you can only ask the entry just for so many, so much product, totally. and stuff like that. There's got to be a balance to it, of course. Of course, and then a large team really becomes unwieldy, you know. And and trying to coordinate everybody's schedule to be on a Zoom call and and to give me scores and feedback and just all the things, um, but. It's really great to be able to see the level of interest and the caliber of, of applicant that is coming through now. That's fun. That's fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, you know, I always have people hit me up. Like, how did you get to Judge Jammer Cup? How did you get to, uh, how'd you get to Judge Cup? And I was like, well, I just filled out the application. And that was really what happened. I ran into Nikki like years ago, right when, like the year the application started. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, Jimmy, you should, you should apply. And I was like, all right, cool. And I did. And it worked out. Uh, so it's fun to be able to like, like not be like, uh, when people ask, it's like, well, you know, like, like it's not like, it's like some, some things are kind of like some other events. It's kind of like secret society shit, like sure. how you get to pick to the team. And it's just like, 
well, you can apply. Anybody can apply. Totally. Like they got, and and you know, it's fun seeing the new faces every year mm-hmm. and on different teams. And it's fun. I'm in this. I get to, like just as a journalist. It's I, I love uh, you know getting to watch the other teams do what they do and stuff. Like my my uh, my old partner, like she was on team last year, mm-hmm. and then I, you know I come up and watch. I've watched the final the flower, flower judging mm-hmm. the past like three or four years in a row. So it's just it's it's great. It's just such a cool process, and I don't think. Uh, it's it's hard to appreciate how communal it is and stuff unless you're in the room because you know you, you know not, not you know video cameras aren't always allowed when things start to get testy. <laughs> People are passionate. <laughs> I was like, just I'm just like sitting there on the porch with my blunt sticking my head in like this is this is good stuff. Like <laughs> voices are being raised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really I really enjoy watching the the judges meetings. And again, with our like kind of redone timeline, we've been able to do that where um, the last couple of years we've had the final judges meeting be like a day and a half up in um, a ranch up in uh, Ukiah called Yokeo Ranch. And they're always so accommodating to us. And it's really nice to kind of have everybody sequestered and really focused on determining winners. And then on all of the other teams that aren't doing the in-person meeting, the Flowers have such a, a large um Spectrum of yeah, of you gotta be to go able to hand it to each other and be totally. like, like even the hash meetings, those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Like when we get to like sit down and actually like look at it with each other, and totally. it's just it's, it's just different. yeah. But Zoom's cool, you know. Thank God. Imagine <laughs> yeah, right? that would have really complicated okay. the pandemic, right? <laughs> okay, COVID. Thank you for Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> We're not com- Everyone would have been on like one eight hundred free conference call yelling at each other. <laughs> It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, the judges meetings are really they're they're pretty epic and it's it's nice to be a fly on the wall there um and hear everybody's discussion and the the various things that's that they look at as judges in a quality product. And um as far as the teams go too, we we've been able to assemble such amazing teams every year that it becomes harder and harder to incorporate the newer ones and and then let some of the ones have been with us for a couple of years, like sit that year and then and then like to be to come back again the following year to just give more voices and a, and a larger variety on our teams. How um, so, you know, you guys, you make people pick categories uh, mm. when they apply to judge. Mm. I imagine flower and solventless are the ones that. They are number one and number two. (laughs) Every time. I'm like, it's literally the hardest teams to get on. I never (laughs) asked that question before. Like, that was just like, that was in the dark. But I I thought it was a safe, I knew it would be a safe guest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They are the number one and number two categories chosen every single year. And they're also the the categories that we have the least amount of room to add to. Yeah. 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 Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, people might propose to you to give yeah. up your seat, Jimmy, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> no, sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to turp war anyone. I'll, I'll, you know, I, my favorite thing to do is all like 56 entries in a day, and then like see what cuts through the pack, and then like go back to my top time. Even then, like mm-hmm. it's still like it's usually still like even though if you're doing them all at once, like did that first go through, uh, you still get the general gist of like what the heaters are, and then you go back to your like round two heaters, and it's just like oh magical stuff. Totally. And I love hearing that too. I love hearing how each judge has their own kind of at-home process that they, they do and how they sort everything. And and some people are like, I take my notes immediately. And other ones are like, well, I re- revisit it two weeks later in case the notes changes and then I've got new notes. and Or I never go back to the ones that I've done my first initial assessment on because 
that's where they were the freshest in my mind. And so I gave my genuine feedback at that time. You know, it's, there's all different processes. Yeah, I was, uh, a bunch of us were travel like uh, are traveling so much that time of year too. Uh, that like I remember, like I took a meeting in Barcelona. I took mm-hmm. a meeting in the Canary Islands. So just having those notes was like so. It's like having it all right there to go back because I didn't have the hash. I wasn't that risk. I was like, but, you know, I had debated it like, man, you should, I take, should I take some of the ones I know we'll be debating? <laughs> well, for sure. And I'm in the, the cold woods of Mendo seeing you in tropical locations just in the sunshine. I'm yeah, like, I that, Jimmy. Like, the, the, one, like, the, like, the one I had in second place, it was like number 35. It was some crazy papaya. It wasn't my winner. It was like my second place. Mm-hmm. I left on one of my trips this year. I didn't realize it was in my suitcase. So I get to this place and I find this hash mm-hmm. and I like give it I just give it to the guy <laughs> that like brought me there and I was like listen this was what I thought should have been number two in the Emerald Cup <laughs> he's like yeah like, oh my god <laughs> had the blue dot and everything he was in tears it was great it was a, mo- it was a bonding moment <laughs> and here I am alive and free <laughs> so it all worked out and forget the space I wasn't bringing that shit home <laughs> time to spread some love <laughs> Oh, man. How? Okay. So over the years, you see different trends come and go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you make the decision on like bringing new categories in, expanding, like, you know, the way you've gone from just outdoor to mixed light, greenhouse, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like that. What's that process been like over the years? Because, you know, you've been there for a big part of that kind of category expansion. Totally. Yeah. It's been really interesting to to see how the industry itself has grown, you know, and and to even just with pre-rolls, incorporating that into the competition for the first time, which I think was three years ago. Um, it had to be done. It had to. It it's had such to a, be like, done. It's a like, huge. It grows so much. So many people can't roll. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly. They deserve the lens of the Emerald Cup on the thing that they smoke. Mm-hmm. If it's a huge part of the market, then it needs to be in the competition because My we are reflective of, of the market. Uh, my favorite thing to do when we did the LA Weekly pre-roll contest is just like find people I know hated pre-rolls. So I was like, I know what these I know what these people tell me are gonna be the is like is the deal, is the deal. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, even with including the indoor flower category because the Emerald Cup had always been historically sun grown, oh, you know, yeah. that was that was the roots of it. Um, but with the the again, with the expansion of the industry and indoor being such a huge portion of flower production, we're like, well, we can't continue to not have it be part of the competition. It just it's it's a huge part of the industry. Yeah. And it took a few years to win best in show. Mm hmm. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't like it's like, I, I, so, so it's not like it walked in and like, you know, like ruined the Emerald Cup. Totally. Like, so it's, you know, like I think a lot of people that love the sun and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, they took that, they didn't take that one well. It was one, I was hyped. I was so about it. And I was hyped with Jelenade 1. Jelenade was fire. So it was yeah. fun because that was the curious thing. Like, who was going to get that? Because that was a feather in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just winning the first indoor Emerald Cup. And I thought Jelenade was fire. Mm-hmm. I saw, I remember when Connected did like the, they did like 35 Gelato 41 crosses. And I was out in the field in sack, like looking at them all. And on that day, I saw on that, like, it was on my list of like the top five I saw that day. I was like, man, this is going to be a heater. So when it, Few, you know, a few years later, when it took home that, I was just, oh, I was so mm-hmm. happy. Oh man! And then the fig, obviously, fig the last couple of years. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Their their flower is so beautiful. And how? No. Okay. So here's a fascinating question for you, because this is it's not as it's not as chipper, uh, but it's real. It's so. 
how much does the contest change the years the fires were bad? Like, because it's so, because those are the, you know, then those were the years you saw like certain SoCal farms were able to like kind of slide, you know, not, not slide and take it. They won it fair and square, mm -hmm. but they weren't competing with like the whole pack up north because mm -hmm. so many people were devastated by smoke. Like, so what's it like though? Like, how much different is it those years? Yeah, those were very, very stressful years because the north is known for the cultivation aspect of it and to have so many people impacted by the wildfires and to have it you know even if they were intending if they had survived and they were intending to put their flower into the competition but to have the like blow over smoke have impacted the nose of it or you know maybe it carried ash or whatever the case might have been and to it, it definitely did open up a window for um brands that were in other parts of the state to to shine more some of them are still using it, you know. They got like those. Some of those people that did well still get a lot of play out of those mm -hmm. of those championships. But it's fascinating because then you go into like last year with such perfect weather that you knew, like, kind of like when when I feel like when the weather's perfect and like, I use like so Southern Humboldt as my like line just because it's like mm -hmm. you know you got Mendo below it, Northern Humboldt. So but so if I figure so hum's pretty good if those micro microclimates look good, right. like the hills looking pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because definitely, you know, I I, uh, I think things start to get good, like, north of Anderson Valley. Like, mm -hmm. north of Mendo Wine Country is where I think the fire starts. No hate to anyone who's in Anderson Valley. I just think the that's when that's when things start to rev up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think anything, I think when the weather's dope and so hum, uh, it's just a really good, like, you know, signal for where things are going to be for everywhere. Uh, and so I know as we were going into the fall last year, I was like, man, the weather's been bomb this year. You know, as long as there's no late rain, we should be, okay, no late rain. It looks mm -hmm. good. And then, you know, you saw all those 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 Soham hitters mm -hmm. come out and take home a lot of trophies and spots. Oh. And it was so, so that was cool to see, like, that perfect weather last year because that's when you get the real – most quantify in my opinion that's mm -hmm. when you get the most quantifiable like who the killers are totally. when everyone gets them when everyone has perfect weather mm -hmm. and they have whatever their selections were and we see who's like bringing the heat totally and it allows for the best expression of the terpenes which just creates that amazing nose on all the flower absolutely what are uh some you know i one of my favorite things every year is like seeing what wins uh the most outrageous terpene because that's something we know, like that's something you just know from the test results earlier. I know, like just like what, like, uh, and it's so it's and it's usually some weird outlier thing, you know. So you go into some of those, like you know, the rainbow jars and stuff like that, and it's just like it smells so weird. Uh, what are some of your favorite like random strains from over the years that just like stuck with you forever? Because you get to see everything. There must be like a, a t there must be a couple that are like on the Vicky all time list. Come on. <laughs> um, I I feel like I'm a kind of a traditionalist. Uh, last year we had a red Congolese come through, and that's one of my favorites. I, I really well, it's done well. It changed like that put Gold Seal on the map back in the day, totally. just doing it well, and then everyone saw them doing it, and whole brands started just trying to copy that, mm -hmm. like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you grow, like you know, it was a whole business plan for people. Just try and grow it like Gold Seal did, because that's just crazy. Totally, I I love the the honeydew strain from Essencia, um, the glitter bomb from from Sense. Yeah, as far as that was goes. the strain for that was the strain we released at uh, Transbay Challenge Four. Mm -hmm. They did they did the clone drop there, so that was super dope. Yeah, there's just there's so many that come through, and um, I. I tend to gravitate more towards like a terpenaline heavy. Me too, yo. That's like the train wreck that came in fifth mm -hmm. the first year of the indoor. That was like 
the tr that was like the indoor I probably smoked the most of like the, over the decade. Um, I started smoking that cut in 2010, and like I would always till till up until like last year. That's when we lost access to it. Uh, I was mm -hmm. just, whew, I love that. I love that cut forever. Cause you get, you see those like, uh, and it's been, you know, there's a bunch of exotic things that like when done bad, they like smell like Jack. Mm -hmm. Like, so when you get like bad train wreck, it smells like Jack. When you get bad Durban poison, it smells like Jack. Like, and it was so, it was like, I see all those like, I see all those like D-list like train wrecks and people are like train wrecks whack. It's like, yeah. Cause you're seeing these like, these whack train wrecks. You don't even know about the mountaintop. It's like the allegory of the cave. Like you haven't even seen the exactly. fire. Exactly. Turn <laughs> you see what's in the cave, fool. You don't even know what's going You're on out at there. We're smoking fire out here, fool. Yeah. So it's just like, I, it's fun. Um, it's fun how in, in, even in this, like, to talk to you about it, because even in this, like, the time of the hype boy and these, like, you know, the Instagram-driven cut game, you know, you, like, the, the, the person who gets to see it all and see who wins first, all that. Still roll with the classics. I love that. Yeah, I I feel very privileged for sure to be able to just look at all of this like wealth of flower in front of me, and and I'm definitely a, a flower first kind of person. Um, so that's that's what I enjoy the most. And um, there's just such quality that comes out of the state of California. I can't believe that you know, I can't believe how fortunate I am to live here. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as we talk about you know the the the, the cup into the more categories uh, beyond you know the the indoor the the outdoor and hash over the years. What ca what sector of the cup surprised you the most at, at, at its expansion? Like what part of things were like, oh wow, this is really starting to pop off. What was the most like, wow, this is really starting to pop off thing, you know? Pre-rolls. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. How and just even the enjoyment of of people that want to judge the pre-roll categories increased over the past. How many pre-roll categories are there? Um, are we do 3 this year. What is going to be hashal, infused and then regular? Uh it's it's solvent Extract infused, solventless infused, and then non-infused. Fair. Mm -hmm. That's oh, that's and I'm sorry. We also have a, a hemp wrap category and a, a deluxe joint, which would be you know two grams plus that have all of the fanciness all so like over five, them. So like five pre-roll categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so fun. That's so fun. And it is you know it is what it is. It's always you know I a purist. Uh, people would I would try and like I would try and like hide from the reality of like people who just don't want to roll their own shit. Uh, <laughs> excuse, and, and it was just. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just watch. So you watch the states come on. And just the data keeps creeping more and more and more pre-rolls. I'm just like, oh, man, we lost. Well, we've already lost them. So I might as well, like, you know, They're do my convenient. Best. Yeah, it's super easy for people, especially if you're trying to get into can uh, become a consumer of cannabis. It's a really easy entry point. Yeah, and there's an argument to be made. It's like the easiest way to smoke nice hash mm -hmm. for people who have, you know, you don't have a Puffco, you don't have a rig, you don't have anything. Well, if you really, really want to smoke some fire hash, you can go, you know, drop a little bit extra on a nice hash hole totally. that you know is going to have fire on it. You know, mm -hmm. a rocket or a Fidel, oh. you know, like those are heaters. I don't even smoke, you know, I barely smoke any pre-rolls, but, you know, someone busts out the rocket. Man, bust out the hash Fidel, hole? Yes. Bust out the Fidel? I'll hit that. Yeah. I, smoke, yeah. I saw Field in Miami. He had some crazy, you know, you see someone, you know, has crazy flavors. I'm like, here's a hash hole. I was like, yep. Like, I mean, that Sign candy, me Candy, yep, of course. <laughs> worth it. That was <laughs> I mean, put away my rolling can and yeah, let's yeah, no. focus on what you Let got. This is, but this is going to be a good decision. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm good. This is perfect. Uh -huh. Oh, man. It's so fun. Now, I'm curious to see how now, because, you know, post-pandemic, solventless pre-rolls is like a whole different animal. 
It's like just like even though it was a thing before, totally. it's like metamorphed into this complete like hype zone and like perfect the, the world of the professional roller and all that. Right. Uh, which I, uh, I'll be getting into later today. Um, so it's cool to see now, now the cup is in it too. Now there's mm-hmm. this new uh, this thing that's blown up. It, it comes under the Emerald Cup umbrella, and now now whoever does it the best gets to like join in the fun. That's so fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would also say in addition to the pre rolls, it's been um, the increase in solventless infusions more so than um, I guess it w- was pretty split before as far as like um, distillate or or any other type of extract, but just to even see the increase in edibles that are solventless infused. Um, so it's not just in the solventless category where we're seeing an increase of that. Did you debate doing like a hand rolled category at all? Mm, no, not yet. No. Yeah, it's fat. You know, you know, it's uh, you know, hash, the hash oil explosion has been fun. I got to, you know, it, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously Fidel really blew it up when he brought mm-hmm. it back from Barcelona, and, and it's, I don't think people understand like the transatlanticness of it. And it's mm-hmm. just so like the way it all like came together in the end is just so so ridiculous to me. And just well, and then the rocket hasn't stopped. That's like mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like pre rolls, just like the the cup mirrors the industry, right? Mm-hmm. So like the the solventless pre roll game right now is just so insane, and it's fun because it started in the trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's to see these like red, it's to see these red companies like man, I, I need to do one of these. Like, <laughs> what are the kids yeah. smoking? We're gonna merge lots, Billy. Okay, okay, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna put it in a pre roll. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Oh, um, yeah, that it's it's really fun. Actually, each year bef- at the early stages of our planning, we're always like, okay, let's review the categories and see what what is not as prevalent anymore as it was and can be let go and what is really gaining what fell traction. Off the fastest? What fastest? What, what did you guys, what year did you guys all just look at each other like, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'd say maybe not fell off the fastest, but uh, this year we definitely let go of CO2 cartridges. Okay, and, yeah, farewell. Yeah, it just, they, they diminished in participation over the past few years and then last year we're finally like, okay, Sayonara. What was the fastest we need to add this category ever? Like, so obviously, I bet indoor was not, because I imagine that was like, okay, <laughs> I bet that was a whole debate. But what was the thing that everyone was like, oh, we need to do this? Um, honestly, I, I hate going back to it, but I'd say probably pre-rolls. Okay, fair. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It keeps going. You know, it is what it is. Oh, man. How many, so how many uh, total judges are you expecting this year? Um, last year we had 109 in total, so probably right around in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Keeping all the numbers the same, lovely. lovely. Yeah. Again, not to um, increase them too much, although we would love to just be able to field all of the great applicants that we get in. But yeah, again, so we can't ask for more products to it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, a lot of times you see a picture of like cannabis contests, and it's a room full of white dudes. Uh, so you guys, you guys do well in like curating like ju- panels that don't look like that. Panels more representative of a, a wider swath of society. So how much does that, you know, how much does that aspect go into play? Just like trying to make it like you know uh, as uh, inviting as possible for wh- whatever and whoever, whatever an expert looks like, with their you know their color, creed, plumbing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's actually a huge priority for Taylor and I because um, cannabis stretches across every sector of society and we want our teams to reflect that and it's only to our benefit to have a variety of voices and tastes um that are determining the the best of the best in california 
No, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's fun seeing uh, the, the different teams and where the expertise comes from. Because I know for so long, um, it was, you know, a lot of the experts came from Northern California. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the experts like on the hill all the time. So now you start to see people from like, you know, uh, you know, get around a little bit more and just like not just the, the, the usual suspects. And uh, obviously you guys are a big facilitator in that. So I super appreciate the, the way you look for new voices and stuff like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, but it's also incredibly stressful to to select just such a small handful of, of people from a pool that's so wide. So deep. you know the the contest the contest never changes. You know what I mean? The contest is like the constant, right? But like the but you know you obviously have the events in the orbit of the contest. Mm-hmm. So how is it like? And you know you had you go, you, know, you go through transition years like uh, moving from. Santa Rosa to LA or, you know, having to take a year off because of a pandemic. How, what's how does that like, and you know, what, how do those transition years uh, impact like the bubble of the contest? Is it kind of, it just means is that is the constant and then you're just trying to figure, trying to figure everything else around it. I'm curious to that aspect. Yeah, uh, it's been a wild ride sometimes where just where we're like, okay, here is the format of the contest and moving forward, it's going to look like this. And then each year it's been, a huge additional piece that we're like, okay, now we have to map around this. And and one of them was obviously COVID. And then the next year was was having an um, an online award show uh, that we did in LA. And then the and year so you got to get that, more LA judges because yeah. otherwise you can't. And then you got to bring all that product to LA, which that adds a whole new mechanism and blah blah uh, blah. Logistics are a fun puzzle, which I actually really See, I really en- enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, girl. There's more hoops to be hooped. Yeah, we love hoops, actually, at the Emerald Cup. They are our favorite things to jump through. Um, But um, changing locations, going down to L.A., and then another year in L.A., and then last year being in in, uh, Richmond at the Craneway. Um, Just being able to kind of almost take our show on the road a little bit has been a lot of fun. But with that comes a lot of different... um, Again, logistics to figure out, uh, and then this year we're in Oakland. At yeah, the, so what? That's a fascinating question. So Tom, how did Tom get to Oakland? Like, so, by the time this comes out, like this is, it'll be like the cup will be right around the corner. So uh, oh, get awesome. buy your tickets now, guys. Awesome. Uh, but, yes, um, they're on sale. Yeah, yeah, tickets are on sale now. Uh, <laughs> separately, how do we end up in Oakland? Tell me this, please. Uh, um, okay, well, it, it's actually a really fun. Um, not memory, but it's, it's just been something that's really fun for us because we last year we were in Richmond at the Craneway, uh, which we loved because that location was so beautiful. It was an all-nighter. <laughs> and, and it was an all-nighter because you know how we do at the hey. Emerald Cup. <laughs> um, and then the uh, the location manager, um, this wonderful man named Nathan, uh, Nathaniel, uh, we had a really great working relationship with him last year. And then uh, the Craneway has, has now converted into, I think it's a pickleball yeah. uh, center, which yeah. is really awesome. And um, he is managing the. Yeah, that's what we need another pickleball court. Like one of the dopest weed venues of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And people don't know the Craneway had that history of like that was where the first like big U.S. Cannabis Cup was because they had the little one in San Francisco. But Mm. like when they moved it to Richmond, that was when it was like dun dun dun. So like the Craneway had this like weed history attached Mm -hmm. to it as you guys got there. It was so so I was I was hyped. I was thrilled. I was too. I was like, is this our forever home? And then and then it converted. You know, (laughs) I was like, okay, new plan. <laughs> um, but the, the the man that managed that site um, 
is actually the person who's in charge of the the renovation and reconstruction over at the Henry J. Kaiser Center for right. the Arts. And we had such a, a great time working with him and such a great working relationship that um, when he proposed this this new site, we're like, well, yeah, tell us all about it. We're going to come down and look at it. And it's just worked out really well. Sick. How many people can you hold there? Um, we're, we're hoping that it's going to be about 10,000. Sick. Mm-hmm. I'm about it, man. I can't wait. I'm so it's one of my favorite times of year. Get your tickets now. Hopefully, I'm done with the hash as you. By the time you're hearing this, I should have tried about 80 solvents entries. <laughs> Will whittled it down to my 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 few. Uh, I, I will coach the other judges into f- picking my favorites. See, I have a whole so you got, you got you can attest to this, Vicky. So I have this whole system when I when we go into the final meeting where I I kind of like throw I give a, I give away some like points early to people's favorites to get mm-hmm. my favorite because I know there's like basically what it is. At most of like when it comes to solving team anyway, most of us pick like five or six of the same things, mm-hmm. right? So those are in those are in. It's just a debate totally. of what spots they are. Then it gets into uh, people's personal preferences after that. So I like. <laughs> So I like to give in to a couple people's favorite personal preferences really early. So when mine comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Jimmy likes my shit. Like, <laughs> and people probably hate, people probably hate the, the political aspect of me saying that. But I'm going to do what I can for these Terps, man. Totally. totally. I see you throwing your <laughs> threads out there. <laughs> Oh man, and it's all blind. It's not like I'm doing it for anybody. It's just like, nah, these are the Terps, man. I got to do what I can to get these in the top ten. Totally. (laughs) I remember last year I was trying to get like one in, and I was like, man, just get in the top ten. It ended up like seven, and I was like, all right, yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was so happy. Oh man. Yeah, and we we love that in particular with the the blind categories because it is it's all anonymized and the flower is all in identical packaging and. The solvent and solventless concentrates are a number and a terpene sticker, you know, and and it's really up to you guys to be experts on tech and and flavor and and all of the other criteria that go into determining the winner. So if the flower judges and the solventless judges are the most to deal with. Who's what? What category is like? So it's these guys. Great. <laughs> What's the smoothest sailing judges category? <laughs> hmm. Everybody knows. Interesting like, question, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to say there's lots of big personalities on the flower and the solventless teams. Um, but it, it really changes every year. Sometimes teams are really harmonious, kind of depending on how we've assembled it. And then sometimes it's... it's Man, this cookie dough is fire, right? <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> I would say the team that... Um, that one of the teams that... Um, are just a lot of fun to listen to are the tincture judges. Oh God, I bet, I bet. That sounds so fun. Yeah, they, they really, they're, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> Debating their post-grad training and time on the hill. <laughs> Man, that reminds me of CBD I had. <laughs> some, reminds me of some sour tsunami. Uh, I got straight from Ringo, it was really special. <laughs> Totally, it's 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 very funny, and then it just depends on like how there are some of some obviously a lot of judges teams will judge on the calls they're taking their samples and everything, um, but that's I think a little bit more difficult for the edibles team, mm-hmm. uh, just because it takes so long to go into effect, and then you know then you're heavily sedated. I think one th- and then one thing I've noticed over the, uh, since like since I started like watching in 2018, it seems like the age range of judges is a lot broader now mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it used to be. 
Because I like I remember when I walked in in like to flower judging uh in 2018 it was basically i think the youngest person was like jesh from frosties you know mm -hmm, what i'm saying mm -hmm. and like and she was the youngest person by like a bit like right. some of the next person had like a decade on her yeah. so like <laughs> so, hey, kudo, hey kudos hey, to jesh hey kudos to jesh she knows Bat yeah. she's a killer for sure <laughs> but in the, that's like now seeing it just as like that's my reference point right so now you go now you see across these different teams it's like it's just a lot more uh age diversity like sure. people like yeah you know uh so i think that that's been something that's been cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, really intentional because the effects of cannabis are so individual that you just want to know across the board of, of all aspects of society. How are you impacted by any of these products that you're judging? Amen. Amen. Man, uh, I'm so like, uh, you know, you, you got the next cup coming up. You're in the, you're in the heart of the intake window now. Uh, what is, you know, what are you most excited about, about the cup this year? Um, I am most excited about the fact that this is the first year in several that we're able to bring the award show and the in-person event back together again. Okay. And um, again, it'll be at such a beautiful location, so uh, historical um, at the Henry J. Kaiser yeah, Center for Arts on Lake sure. Merritt. It's yeah, it's yeah, everything. It's, all, it's all the greatest things that you've ever liked about the cup experience that you've had in the past back together again in an even more um, accessible location. You know, you're not having to hike all the way up to Sonoma County this time. We're right there in the Bay. We're right in Oakland, and we're really excited about that. Hell yeah. How many, um, you know, so what was what is the total number of entries you're expecting? Guesstimate? I mean, I would love it to be around 700 in total across 45 categories. That would be lovely. Um, Obviously, like half of that's going to be, like a little less than half will be flower. Correct. Yeah, that's always the largest. Um, but my first year in was was the, the biggest amount of entries that I, yeah. I've seen, and that was somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,100. Uh, so that was a really interesting trial birth by fire that I had my first year with the Emerald Cup. But yeah, um, seven, seven fifty. Did you think it was like, man, average. it's going to be like this every year? Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was more like, is it going to be like this is every this year? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I, I super appreciate your time, Vicky. Uh, I'm sure everyone will uh, grab their cup tickets uh, soon. And I will definitely be there. Absolutely. I'm trying, you know, that Cinco de Hayo, man, is May 5th. We're, we're going That's down. Right. We're getting down. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, you, we'll see you guys by the lake, all right? Uh, big ups to our sponsors. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. For sure. Appreciate you, girl. Oh, guys, we just had a fantastic chat with Vicky Shea, Emerald Cup Competition Director for the past eight years. Uh, you can find it on greenstate.com or follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Be sure to give it a like. We appreciate you. And of course, big thanks to our sponsors.